0: I am so glad you've joined me today. In this episode, I'm pleased to be sharing with you my conversation with author and productivity specialist, Laura Vanderkam. You'll find more information about Laura, along with links to resources she recommends and the various ways you can connect with her online, all in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 217. This episode is brought to you by Bombus and by FreshBooks, makers of the ridiculously easy cloud accounting service for freelancers and small business owners. To find out all the ways FreshBooks can save you time in managing your business finances, take advantage of the 30-day free trial FreshBooks is offering you. Go to freshbooks.com tpw and enter the productive woman in the how did you hear about us section. I'll share a little bit more about FreshBooks later on, but right now, shout out to Bombas, maker of the most comfortable socks that I have worn. I am so pleased to have them as a sponsor, and I'm delighted to share with you a 20% discount on your first order of Bombas socks if you visit bombas.com TPW. Whatever you love to do, there is a pair of Bombas that'll add comfort to your life and to your feet as you do it. Bombas socks have been engineered for comfort based on a couple of years of research that the company did. They're made out of this super soft cotton with an arch support system that provides extra support right where you need it, a cushioned footbed that's reinforced for comfort without added bulkiness. As the weather here in Texas has turned cooler, I kind of have given up on walking around the house barefoot. I wear my Bombas instead, and they keep my feet comfortable and warm. They're so cozy and so comfortable. They're literally the ideal sock for everyday wear. They come in such a great variety of colors, of designs. They're for men and women. They're great types of socks. So whatever you prefer in terms of length or style or color of socks, there are Bombas for you. I've mentioned I got my husband a couple pairs. He liked them so much, he ordered some more on uh, for himself and has recommended them to his friends. Besides making great socks though, the folks at Bombas make a valuable contribution to the world. And that's really the reason I'm so proud to have them as a sponsor of The Productive Woman. Because socks are the number one most requested item in homeless shelters, there's a huge need for them and and they can't accept used socks. Bombas knew about this and they made a commitment to donate one brand new pair of their really excellent socks for every pair of Bombas they sell. So when you buy a pair of socks, from Bombas, they're gonna donate another pair of socks to a homeless shelter somewhere. And to date, as a result of their commitment, they have sold and donated over 9 million pairs of their extremely comfortable and durable socks. So in other words, when you buy socks, you're not only benefiting yourself, but you're also benefiting homeless shelters and their recipients throughout the country. To see what's available in terms of socks coming from Bombas and to get 20% off your first order, visit bombas.com slash TPW and Bombas is spelled B O M B A S. So bombas.com slash TPW, that offer code is TPW for the productive woman, and that will get you 20% off your first order of Bombus socks. I hope you love them as much as I do. Let me know what you think if you order some. Okay, so now let's get right into my conversation with Laura Vanderkam. <music> I'm delighted to introduce to the Productive Woman listeners, a woman that some of you probably already know, and that's Laura Vanderkam. Laura is an author, a speaker, a blogger and a podcaster well known for her expertise about productivity. But she's also a wife and a mom to four kids. And so she's uh, got all the same kinds of demands on her life that a lot of us do. And I've really been looking forward to talking with her about how she is making a life that matters. So welcome, Laura.
1: Thank you so much for having
0: me. Well, I'm delighted to have you here. Um, For those who maybe don't know, um, Laura's written some really great books on productivity kinds of topics. And her latest book off the clock was the Productive Woman Book Club, August 2018 selection. And those of us in the the TPW community who read it really found it helpful and thought provoking. And she participated in our live video discussion of the book uh, earlier this month as I'm recording. And um, after that, I just I wanted to have her come and be a guest on the podcast to talk a little bit about how she manages her own time in life and maybe ask a couple questions about the book as well. So, uh, Laura, I'm really delighted that you're able to be here. Um, Maybe you could, I've given a real brief introduction to who you are, but maybe you could start by telling us a little bit more about who you are, what you do, where you are, what you care about.
1: Yeah, of course. No, I I love the topic of time management and productivity, and I love that you have a whole community of people who are interested in that topic. I'm the author of several books on uh, managing time, 168 Hours, um, What the Most Successful People Do Before Breakfast. I Know How She Does It, now off the clock. Um, I'm also the author of a time management fable, It's called Juliet School of Possibilities that will be out in March, 2019. Um, I as you mentioned I, I host a, a I have a podcast that's um Sarah Hart Unger called best of both worlds that we look at issues of of work and family and how the two combine from the perspective of people who are really enjoying both and i do a lot of speaking on the topic of time management and managing my own time with uh, my, my kids who are now eleven, nine, almost seven and three. My husband and I live right outside Philadelphia
0: well great and and I'm gonna be really interested to ask you a couple questions about your latest book, because I just really found off the clock to be really thought provoking, really kind of inspiring, but very practical. And you you raised some concepts in there that I hadn't thought about before. But before we get into that, I want to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, how you manage your own life and the, the, the processes, the tools, the systems, whatever that that work for you to get the things that done that are important to you. And as a setup for that, I guess it's I think it's helpful for us to have a little bit of context for those things that you do. So if there is such a thing as a typical day for you, what would that look like?
1: Yeah, well, the whole thing of writing about time management is I've realized there are no typical days and, and by calling some days typical in our lives, that's how we get in trouble with having different impressions of our lives than might be accurate. Because uh, if you think about it, like Tuesdays and Saturdays both occur just as often mm-hmm. uh, and yet nobody would call Saturday a typical day. Um, but if you think of your life as Tuesdays and not Saturdays, you, you have a very different impression of your life um, yeah. than, than if you do. And, and this is one of the things that leads people to think that they, they work more, sleep less, have less leisure time and all, the, all this sort of stuff than, than may be accurate. Um, but if I were to describe a, a work day, um, I usually get up um, somewhere in the sixes, uh, depending on what, what needs to happen for the day. Uh, get get myself ready. Um, the the kids we start getting up by about 7:15 because um, my my middle schooler needs to leave at 7:45. Usually have family breakfast. Sometimes it's in sequence. Sometimes it's all together. Um, you know, so middle schooler goes at 7:45. Uh, we alternate weeks with our neighbors. I drive uh, some weeks and they drive others. Um, you know, the the elementary school kids are on the bus around 8.30. Little guy is to preschool at 9. Um, we have a full-time nanny who usually comes around 8, although she'll come at 7.45 if my husband is traveling and I'm doing the carpool driving so I can drive the neighbor kid while, you know, the other three kids are still at home. Uh, so logistics already there. Uh, <laughs> I tend to, uh, my work day is as much as possible between 8.30 and 4. Um, my middle schooler gets off the bus usually a few minutes before 4. So that's sort of a transition time there. I also try to run during that time um, between 8.30 and 4. Uh, although if it's going to be a really busy day with a lot of stuff that I need to look presentable for, I'll, I'll get up earlier. That's why I said in the sixes. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I'll get up earlier and run at six uh, if, if I can't run during the, the workday. So if I'm here, I, I'm generally just at my desk, uh, writing, doing calls, um, things like that. If I'm traveling, obviously completely different Then I'm off in some town somewhere, <laughs> airplanes, trains, et cetera, uh, giving speeches on, on the topic. And that's probably been one once every week or two. So that's another thing that keeps there from being typical days. But uh, if I'm home, then I'm helping with the activity run. Um, usually, you know, between four and six, various kids have different things. And I do some of our driving and our nanny tends to do others. Um, If my husband's home, he'll be home, you know, around dinner. If he's traveling, then he's not. Uh, Obviously, if I'm traveling, then I'm not. Um, You know, evenings, uh, one week, one night a week, Thursday nights, I have choir. Other nights, there may be kids stuff or else just hang out, read. I tend to get into bed, somewhere between 10 and 11, again, depending on whether I'm waking up at six or waking up closer to 640, um, which is sort of the last point I can get up <laughs> in the morning to, to have the weekday schedule work. Uh, weekends, you know, tend to be more, uh, we have various family activities. We try to do some fun stuff. Um, you know, I'm uh, singing in my qu- church choir, so I'm on church every Sunday. But other than that, it just depends on the sports season and the birthday party situation and, you know, what family activities we want to do.
0: Well, sure. I mean, you're you're in a stage of life where there are lots of different things to sort of put into the mix and figure out the logistics for when you've got that you know several kids. I'm a mom of five, so I get that. When you know when you've got four kids at various ages who have interests of their own and activities that they want to participate in, the things you want to do as a family together to to maintain those relationships. And and then just the the mechanics of running a household. I mean, lots of stuff going on.
1: Yeah, there's lots of different moving parts. But uh, you know, the, you just keep track of the moving parts. And um, I know I look at my calendar frequently, I have a paper calendar, and I write everything down on there that's time specific. And I also have a planner that's just a notebook. But I keep track of my, you know, priorities for the week, both personally and professionally. And plan my weeks on Friday and look forward a few weeks to sort of see what's coming up. So I'm not surprised by anything. But uh, you know, it tends to make it work.
0: Yeah. Do you have a a, like a regular routine for reviewing those things like you were just talking about looking at the next day, but looking also looking out a few weeks ahead? Do you have a, a regular time that you do that or a process for that?
1: Yeah, I do. On, I, it tends to be on Fridays. Um, at some point on Friday, I have on my to do list for Friday to plan the next week. And, you know, anything big has already been put on the calendar. Like I don't suddenly have a trip the next week that I didn't know about. Right. But on Friday, I, I review the next week, um, make sure all the logistics are taken care of for that. Um, I will also look out over the next few weeks to see what's coming up, um, sort of flag any potential issues so you know i i probably sit down with my husband often on sunday nights um but usually not every sunday night but every couple weeks to sort of look at the next few weeks for our travel schedules um because if if they're overlapping then we need to make arrangements for that or you know if he's coming home late one night and i'm leaving on a flight early the next morning just to sort of have backup so we aren't stressed about that or if there's an, an evening that requires two or more adults for all the places people need to be like, do we have two or more adults available, uh, for, for all those things. So these are just sort of the logistical things that need to get worked out. So we, we have that meeting every couple of weeks. Um, I plan my weeks on Friday. Um, and like I said, look forward a little bit. I also tend to look over the weekend at that point and, and figure out the logistics for it to, um, to, to see, you know, if uh, how we get everyone where they need to be.
0: Well, and, and, I think having that time to look ahead like that is so important for women who are in that stage of life, especially, I mean, for all of us, but especially for women who are in that stage of life where you've got multiple family members to sort of coordinate. Um, so so you use a, a, just a paper calendar, like a wall calendar or a desk calendar? Is there a particular one it's, you like?
1: It's small. I mean, it, it can fit in my purse. Um, it is at a glance is, is the you know company, it's a day minder, 2018, it's a weekly calendar, because again, I like to see weeks, um, weeks work for me, 168 hours, um, so I can see the whole week at once, but it, it fits in my purse, it's just a very small calendar, um, you know, I'm not doing, I don't put my to-dos for a day on that calendar, I, it's for anything that is time specific, right. Um, and so then my notebook, which is more of my planner has the actual list of the things I'm going to do for that day. And, you know, I, I plan the week on Friday. I will, if it's a very busy week, like a lot of stuff, time specific, I'll go ahead and map out the whole week of when I'll get things done. Uh, if it's not so much, if I know there's a reasonable amount of space in the week, Then I will just, um, you know, map out Monday and maybe Tuesday hour by hour. Uh, And then every day, uh, the day before I make a to do list for the next day, uh, while I'm still sort of, you know, thinking about like, what needs to actually get done tomorrow.
0: So, so you obviously have thought about these sorts of things a lot, you know, some of us, some of us are just those sort of time management nerds. Um and I'm not I'm not putting that label on you. I'm talking about myself. Wait, you know Oh, we, I definitely
1: am. <laughs> you Come know. On,
0: yeah, I mean we we we've thought about these things a lot. We I mean, I don't know about you, but I've been reading time management books since I was like in middle school cuz I just thought they were interesting. But even at that, even though you've obviously thought about this a lot and you've written about it a lot and spoken about it a lot, are there any Challenges for you when it comes to manage. I mean, every person's life is a little different, presents different challenges as far as staying productive, getting those things done that really matter to her or him. What would you say are your biggest challenges, or do you have any left? Have you got this figured out now?
1: Uh, I don't think anyone ever has it a hundred percent figured out. I mean, there's always things we can tweak and and do better. You know, actually, I think it's my my leisure time is sort of harder to, to manage. Uh, and and partly it's that it's a good thing. As my kids get a little bit older, I'm starting to have a little bit more of it. Which you know, when you're in the baby stage, there's a lot less of that um, sort of available leisure time. It's the question of what I do with it. And when I'm doing good things with it, I mean, often I still have to be around the kids in the sense of like, you know, it's not pure leisure. I can do anything in the universe. But you know, if I'm with with the kids, but we're all home, for instance, what can I do? And I'm trying to be better about having a lot of good books to read so that I'm working through those books as opposed to just sort of wandering around the house doing nothing, um, scrolling around online, reading headlines, things like that. It was just, you know, not a, not, doesn't feel like a really good use of time. And so that question of how do I use this time that has started to open up uh, is something I've really been thinking about a lot. And, you know, I try to be patient with myself on this because I'm only newly in this stage of having that time um, more readily available. Um, But, you know, want to make sure that I use it as best as I can.
0: Yeah, I think for me, it's one of the uh, frustrating things to get to the end of a week and realize, hey, I had this free time and I didn't do any of the things that I've sort of thought about wanting to do, you know, just the fun stuff. Um, And I've, I've talked about that, I think, recently on the show, that uh, since my, my youngest is 24 years old and he left the the last month to go away to graduate school. And so we are now officially empty nesters and
1: Mm. aside,
0: you know, aside from work and, and, uh, the podcast and the writing and things that I'm doing, I've got more time that's not committed to other people. And when time opens up, I tend to, um, if I haven't thought about it ahead of time, it gets wasted, or at least as I would describe it as being wasted, if either, as you mentioned, scrolling on the internet or watching, you know, YouTube videos or something, instead of this list of things that in the past, I thought, oh, when I have some time open up, I want to learn how to do this, or I want to try that. Yeah, no, I definitely
1: have the have the same feeling. And, and so, you know, I'm trying to think about it, like make a list of like, what are the things that I find fun to do? Uh, you know, one of them is like doing puzzles. And that's, you know, an activity I can do with the kids around. They can help me with, you know, so I'm going to try and get some more puzzles and do some of the ones we already have. But, you know, these are things you just have to think about it. Um, and, it's, and sometimes it's about building in space into your life to think about these things. Mm. Um, but if you do, then, then you got the list and it's easier to pull from.
0: Yeah. So, um, aside from the, the paper calendar, you mentioned the notebook that you use for your task list, your to-do list, are there any other particular tools you like or, or resources that you recommend? I mean, obviously your books are a great resource and a lot of women in the community have mentioned various of your, of your books uh, when we were looking for them, you know, and I, yeah. let, let me just say that off the clock was, we, we vote in uh, the community Facebook group on a book for our book club selection. And I take suggestions, and then I do a poll and off the clock was the overwhelming choice of the vast majority of of the women who wanted to participate. Um, So you're well known for doing this stuff. But uh, aside from those kind of things, what are there tools that you use or that you recommend to the people that you talk to?
1: Well, so the one tool I use for time management is a simple spreadsheet um, for tracking my time. I've actually been tracking my time continuously for the past three and a half years, uh, which I am not saying anyone else needs to do that. But I do think that tracking your time, you know, for one week just to see where it really goes is, is a great exercise for anyone. And you might consider doing it Two times a year just to sort of constantly do a little tune up, um, see where the time is going or if something changes in your life. You get a new job, you move to a new house, kids start a new routine, anything that might change your time enough that you want to see where it's going. Um, So I just use a spreadsheet. It's I mean, you can get one from my website if you want, but it's just Excel. Uh, It's got the days of the week across the top half hour blocks across the left uh, hand column going from five in the morning to 4:30 so half hour blocks 5 to 4:30 Monday through Sunday along the top so that's 336 blocks uh, cells representing uh, the 168 hour week and I just record what I'm doing I um, try not to make the perfect the enemy of the good it's it's pretty broad brush strokes uh, in in this time log but uh, by doing this, I not only keep myself accountable for where my time is going, I have a really great journal of my life for the past three years. Like I know where all my time, what I've done with myself for the entire three and a half years. Uh, So that's kind of cool. I can look back over it and remember things.
0: Yeah, and that's something you talk about in Off the Clock that I thought was such a great idea. I mean, the concept of tracking your time has been around there for a while, and a lot of people recommend doing that. But uh, it's interesting to me that you've been doing it consistently and that it can be a journal. I, and you talk in the book about the value of of doing this. And it it's very consistent with some of the things we've talked about on this show about the The start for making a life that matters and accomplishing the things you care about is awareness. What are you doing with your time right now? And that, in conjunction with what do you want to accomplish? What are the things you want to do, helps you figure out, all right, how do I get from here to there? Talk a little bit about, if if you don't mind, about the the value of this, aside from just having the journal of of what you've done.
1: Well, it makes sure, you know, having good data allows you to make changes to your time in a rational fashion, you know, based on where the time is truly going, as opposed to stories you may be telling yourself based on various cultural narratives or stressful moments or things like that. One story I always like to tell people about my time logs is I I kind of assumed I didn't have a whole lot of time to read. I mean, we're talking about that with, with leisure time, and certainly when I started tracking my time continuously... My fourth child was three months old, so it seemed like, you know, I probably didn't have a whole lot of extra time. But I did wind up reading that first year for, uh, I think it was something like 326 hours, which is almost an hour a day. So that's actually quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there were well, there wasn't a whole lot of good stuff I'd read in that time. And, and that seems sort of sad to me because in 326 hours, you could read War and Peace 10 times. So, like, what was I doing with it? I was reading random magazine articles and online stuff. And it just, I needed to, it was enough time that I needed to be more intentional with it. And so that's one of the things I've been working on getting, you know, better lists of books to read, making sure I have books to read. So, so there's something I can do with, with this free time that I have. So, so that's something that came out of time tracking. Uh, I, I also, you know, this is uh, sleep is always a big topic in productivity. I I now know that I sleep about 7.4 hours per day. Um, That doesn't mean 7.4 hours every day. It doesn't even mean I sleep 51.8 hours every week. But what it means is that over any longer period of time, that is the set point that my body is aiming for. It has been incredibly consistent in the years I've tracked. The first year was 7.4 hours. Very disjointed because did I mention the three-month-old baby? (laughs) But it was 7.4 hours um, average. Uh, the next year, also 7.4 hours. The next year, 7.3 hours. So we're talking differences. Uh, and, and that 7.3 is is not a full 10th. It's actually within the rounding of, uh, you know, just where it would come out. Um, it's less than a 10th. So, it, you know, we're talking a pretty solid set point. The upside of that, though, is I've stopped thinking I need eight hours of sleep, mm. <laughs> which is you know, it, in the past, I might have been like, well, I'm trying to be good about my time. I need to be in bed, you know, eight hours before I need to wake up or whatever. Realize like actually you don't that if you do seven hours on a weekday, uh, that's close enough to your set point that you're going to get there by the end of the week with, you know, sleeping eight hours on on the weekends, because 51.8, if you think about it, that's 7.4 per day. Day um, forty, it would be you know very close by doing seven during the week and eight eight and a half on the weekend. So it's doable, you know. This is just the sort of thing that is helpful for for being more relaxed about just sleep in in general because I, I find that often we get stressed about sleep in in a way that's not all that great. So if I'm saying well actually seven hours is fine, that's actually closer to my average than than eight is, um then then that helps for you know, figuring out how I can plan my days.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think that that combination of just the data that you get from that and, and uh, evaluating that over time is so valuable. And I, I do encourage as you do in your book, uh, other people, whoever's listening, to consider doing this. Maybe not every day for the rest of your life, but a week here, a, a week six months from now, periodically, just checking in with yourself. What what are you actually doing with your time? You talk in the book about the fact that that the value of this, and you've mentioned it today, uh, being that we th- we often think we're spending a lot of time on. X or hardly any time on Y, but when we actually track it, uh, the the facts may be different.
1: Yeah. And, and we should know that. I mean, it's not about playing gotcha. I, you know, right. My, my point in life is not to walk around and be like, yes, you're actually working fewer hours than you think you are. It's just that if you think you're working 80 and you're actually working 55, like that's 25 other hours to do something else. And let's, you make sure we're using it, let's know it's there. So we can use it. Um, and also, then we know to make good choices within the 55, because you can't just, you know, throw 80 at the issue. So it, it's, uh, it, it's about making good choices based on good data.
0: Yeah, and and being intentional about what you're doing. One of the other concepts you talked about in the book that really stuck with me that I hadn't, hadn't seen, I mean, I've read a lot of productivity books, but I hadn't seen this discussed quite the way you did. And that was the concept of time dividends that I thought was really, really profound and important. Can you maybe talk a little bit about that?
1: So time dividends are how you get paid back from investments you have made in the past. Um, And so in terms of like, time that is now open, that wouldn't have been before. So if you're, you know, running a business where you serve clients, for instance, there's obviously time that it takes to go find a client and convince them to work with you. So if you've convinced the clients you have to keep coming back to you, like you've got time dividends, right? Like that's time you didn't have to spend going to find them. Um, Or in general, if if clients are coming to you because they've heard about you as an expert in something, um, well, it took time to do whatever it was you did to establish yourself as an expert. But now that expertise gives off time dividends. You know, the clients are coming to you as opposed to you having to go to find them, which which takes a lot more time. Uh, You know, in your personal life, these things can happen too. Something like training your 12-year-old child to cook dinner. Mm. Uh, you know, if that kid does it once a week, it's a once a week you're not doing it. It obviously took time to train the child, but now that he or she can do it, that's time that's opened up. Um, you know, so in general, the way to come up with, to start thinking in terms of time dividends is whenever you do something, like ask yourself if you'll do it again, because um, maybe you won't, but, but if you are going to do it again, um, is there some system or something you could do that would have it take less time in the future? Um, and, you know, that's great. Uh, figure out what that is. I mean, you're the kind of person that people are call- constantly calling, asking to pick your brain about a topic. Like maybe you need to create a list of frequently asked questions mm-hmm. and then you can send it to people when they email you to pick your brain. And, and then, you know, if they come back to you with follow-ups, great. Like those, those are the people you want to meet with, right? right. Uh, the people who have even more you know intense, detailed questions have thought about it like great but you know the, the frequently asked questions can sort of you know open up a, a bit of time that would just be spent answering the same thing over and over again uh just the one thing i would say with time dividends we do have to be careful to notice their existence because in life it's easy to sort of let this open time pass you by mm-hmm. um and not celebrate that it's there and, and so I've, I've been trying to do this And one of the examples i, I do use in the book is um you know, I have four kids. Uh, we're, we're sending them all to public school. Um, we moved to a district that has public schools that we like, that we're close to, that, you know, work great for us. So every two years ago, so I go register another child to start kindergarten. And My friends who have, you know, for instance, gone through private school application process, like applying to five or six schools, like all the time required to do that, the school visits and, uh, you know, the money to pay tuition, like the time spent doing that. Like, I'm not doing any of that. Like I could, I should sell, when I bring the kids to register them for kindergarten, it takes like 45 minutes tops. And that includes time in the car (laughs) spent getting there. Right? Mm like. I should, I could take the whole week off and I would still be ahead, you know? (laughs) So I'm trying to like, remember, like, actually, you know, that's, that's a productive thing you've done today. You don't actually have to do anything else. Um, And, and so uh, trying to notice these dividends uh, can, can help you feel like you have more time.
0: Yeah. I love that. Again, it comes back to that awareness, Uh, and, and being, you know, just paying attention to those sorts of things in our life. It's so easy, especially at the stages of life, like you're where you are to just kind of be trying to get from one day to the next and not really be aware of the opportunities that you have uh, to do something with the time that you've got or the time that, you know, not even being aware, as you mentioned, of the time that is available to do something, whether it's to sit and read a book or spend time with a kid or whatever but just being aware of those things i think is so important and to me that was one of the the great things about off the clock i just felt like it you, you kind of brought some things to mind to pay attention to so obviously for those who are listening i recommend the book it was uh, <laughs> it was chosen by a vote of the community but it's it's one of my favorite books i've read this year just still.
1: oh, that's, I'm so thrilled to hear that! Thank you so much. I really appreciate that.
0: Well, let me ask this um, a question I ask all of my uh, my guests, and I'm I'm hesitating because I think you may be the first one ever to give me a different answer than I typically get. But here's a question with all that you know about time management and productivity and all those things and all the systems you have in place and the intentionality you've put into ordering your life, even with all of that, Do you ever have a day when it all gets away from you or you get just stressed out and overwhelmed? And if so, what do you do to get back on track?
1: Well, I mean, I generally try to build in enough slack in my life that you can sort of deal with a lot of this. So one reason not to pack your days completely full is that, then there's space when stuff comes up. Mm. Um, and, and so it's not even a matter of getting back on track. It's that there was already space because you understand that things will go wrong. Right. I think one thing that's helped me a lot is understanding that, that things will go wrong. Like no one is entitled to a life where all goes perfectly and <laughs> and sometimes as as women, we have a tendency to sometimes blame things going wrong on on our various life choices, whatever they may be, but like no, 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 it doesn't even matter what your life choices are in terms of your career your you know who you're partnered with, how many kids you have, like what you do in your community, whatever you're doing, stuff can go wrong and and so how you then deal with that uh is is more about. Whether you are doing good things with your time, than whether you can plan a perfect week. Because so what? Like nobody gets a perfect week. <laughs> so, <laughs> so true. Um, yeah. So you know, just just something like you know, our our nanny had an issue this morning that she couldn't get here until forty five minutes after I had originally planned on her being here this morning. But it was fine. Like I had um, something I was going to do during the slot, but I just moved it to another slot because I had time later in the afternoon that I could deal with it. There, you know, there's also the backup that my, my husband was going somewhere, but he was then like waiting. He wasn't going to leave if like the thing I had to do was critical, if it couldn't be moved. Right. So, you know, there's like two layers there of uh, figuring it out. So, so again, it's, it's, yeah, it's about getting back on tra- track, but it's also that you understand that the track is not guaranteed to be the way you want the track to be in the first place. I'm not sure if that, that answers your question. Um, I do try to think ahead of time about what could go wrong um, and always have a contingency plan in place.
0: Yeah. And I think that is, that is a great advice for all of us to avoid those uh, meltdown days. You know, we, whether it's because we're sick or whatever, things happen and if we have packed our, our days with back to back to back commitments, it's going to be a crisis if we have a sick child or a sick self, or, uh, you know, somebody's running late or any of those kinds of things that can kind of throw us, um, for a loop. And so that goal of, of leaving space in your days, because you know, these things happen in the course of, of, uh, a life and, I love what you just said a minute ago about that, you know, nobody's entitled to a perfect week and to have everything go perfectly all the time. And it shouldn't surprise us when things don't. So a little, yeah, a little forethought goes a long way for that.
1: Yeah. Or just uh, like things are not that it also helps to keep perspective. One question I often ask people is, can you remember what you were doing two two years ago on this day? Mm. So this calendar date, two years ago, what were you doing? Uh, No clue. Nobody knows. Like, you know, maybe if it's your birthday or like obviously one of your children's birthday, like you are, um, or if you started a new job on this day two years ago, like, okay, then you might remember. But for the vast majority of people, we just don't know what we were doing on this calendar date two years ago, which, you know, Probably you being human, you were upset about various things. Things went wrong. <laughs> things were, you don't remember what any of that stuff is now, um, which means that probably two years from now you won't remember whatever is causing you issues today. Uh, so it might help to remember that the vast majority of stuff is not going to make Earth crash into the sun. Um, so <laughs> it's it's probably okay. It, it's funny. I've learned I've learned some of this stuff uh, in my um my speaking contracts. We actually have. The ones I've done myself, based on advice, I I sort of built in sort of things like, you know, people put a a deposit to secure the date. We also have in the contract that if something goes wrong, that is, you know, not my fault. Like, I'll make my best effort possible to be there, but I can't control if, like, suddenly – you know, everyone at American Airlines goes on strike or something, like, you know, I, right. I, they, like if I can't be there, I will return the deposit. And that is the extent of the remedy, right? Like that's built into the kind you sort of build in that things go wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, you hope they don't. And mostly they don't, but uh, sometimes they will. And so it, always just thinking that through what could happen?
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That and what you said a minute ago about just keeping things in perspective. I think if you're in the midst of one of those days where everything seems to be going wrong, for, you know, whatever reason, to be able to stop, take a breath and think, is this going to matter a year from now? And most of the time, the answer is going to be no. And, yeah. th- and that can really help a lot. Well, this, th- this is really, um, been interesting and helpful, Laura, what is on the horizon for you? What do you have coming up either professionally or personally that you're excited about and looking forward to?
1: Well, I'm really looking forward to this next book coming out in March. That's a uh, Juliet's school of possibilities, which is very different from the other books I've written in that it is fiction. Uh, it is a story of, of a, a time management parable, um, kind of within the genre of books like Five Dysfunctions of a Team or the Go-Giver series, um, that it's designed to teach the lessons of time management, but through a story with real characters and real plot that you might be interested in apart from the message of time management. So it comes out March 12th, 2019. And uh, hopefully people if people enjoy it off the clock, um, you'll be willing to give a slightly different version of my time management stuff uh, a read as well.
0: Well, yeah, it sounds fascinating. And we'll be sure and put a link to your website and so on into the show notes. Uh, uh, also, so they can find the, the time tracking tool you talked about a little earlier. Um, and, and, you know, that brings up the question for folks who want to maybe learn a little more about you who didn't, don't already know how all the stuff you have going on. Where's the best place for them to connect with you online?
1: Well, please come visit my website, which is lauravandercam.com. That's just my name. I blog about four times a week. We've got a good comment section going uh, to respond to the vast majority of comments. Oh, you can also just email me, lvandercam at yahoo.com. I always like to hear from people. And uh, yeah, looking forward to connecting with people however they choose to reach out. That's great. And again, we'll I'll put links to those
0: things in the show notes so f- folks can find it. This has been wonderful. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me, Laura. Before we go, uh, let me just ask, do you have any last words for the listener who might be looking for a little help or encouragement in getting things done and, and making a life that matters? W- what would you say to her or him?
1: You know, honestly, I think just being intentional about time it goes so far. I mean, time keeps passing, whether you think about where it's going or not. And so it's so easy to spend time mindlessly. So if you can just build a little bit of time into your life to think about what you'd like to do with your time. So maybe it's, at the end of the workday, think about what you're going to do on the next workday uh, and when roughly those things can happen. Or if you want to plan on Fridays, which is what I like to do, think about the next week and think what you'd like to have happen in that week and when roughly that can happen. Or as you're thinking through seasons, like thinking about your summer, what would you like to do over the summer? What what trips would you like to take or adventures would you like to have? Or, you know, just but spending a little bit of time thinking about time before you're actually in it mm-hmm. goes a long way toward Uh, increasing the chances that time is spent the way you'd like.
0: I love that. Thank you so much, Laura.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: I really enjoyed talking with Laura about the things she's learned and the things she teaches and how she manages her own life. I am grateful to her for taking the time to talk with us today and for her great suggestions, encouraging words for the rest of us and the work that she puts out into the world. But what do you think? Do you have any thoughts about the things that Laura and I discussed? Any questions for her or for me? Would love to hear from you. I know she would as well. You can share your questions, ask, ask your questions, share your thoughts in the comment section of the show notes for this episode, which you will find at theproductivewoman.com slash 217. That's where you're also going to find links to Laura's website and the other places you can find her. You can also post a comment or a question on the Productive Woman Facebook page or in the Productive Woman Community Facebook group if you're a member there. If you want to share your thoughts about this episode with me privately, you can email questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. And I will respond just as quickly as I can. I would love to hear from you. If you haven't already done so, please join me and the other amazing women in the Productive Woman Community Facebook group. This is a closed group uh, where we can meet up and interact more, directly ask questions, share information, insights, and encouragement. It's one of those groups in Facebook that other people can see that the group is there, but the only people who know who's in the group and what we're discussing there are the people who are actually members of the group. Uh, we talk about everything related to productivity, to making a life that matters. And it's open to any woman who listens to this podcast. So find the group on Facebook or just go to the productivewoman.com slash group and click the join button. Uh, If you're a woman who listens to this podcast, I would love to connect with you there. Uh, before we go, just a quick thought about, and a quick thank you to our other sponsor FreshBooks. They have been with us for a long time and I am so grateful for that. I mean, if you're a freelancer or a small business owner, you know how incredibly important it is to get paid for the good work you do. And our friends at FreshBooks are there to help with their cloud accounting service that is ridiculously easy to use. By simplifying tasks like invoicing, tracking expenses, and getting paid online, FreshBooks has made it easier and dramatically less time consuming for over 10 million people, including me, to manage their business finances. I actually pay for my FreshBooks uh, subscription uh, because it's so valuable to me. they they have a ton of great features in the FreshBooks app. You can use it to automate late payment email reminders. So you don't have to keep track of it and of, of who is paid and who hasn't yet and then manually send email reminders. FreshBooks tracks that and will send those reminders for you. You can set that up very easily right there in the service. When you email an invoice, FreshBooks can show you when the client has seen it, which is useful. If they haven't seen it that's a, a trigger for you to ping them and say hey I've sent you the invoice don't forget to go in and into your email and look for that if you haven't yet tried fresh books even though I've been talking about it for ages now is the perfect time to give it a try they are offering that unrestricted 30-day free trial to the productive woman listeners no credit card required you just sign it up and have a chance to see whether FreshBooks is right for you to find out all the ways FreshBooks can help you manage your business finances, just go to freshbooks.com slash tpw and enter the productive woman in the How Did You Hear About Us section. And also don't forget to get 20% off your first order of the, the world's most comfortable socks. Visit Bombus.com slash tpw. That's b-o-m-b-a-s dot com slash tpw. For 20% off your first order, bombas.com slash tpw. And thank you so much to Bombus and to FreshBooks for supporting The Productive Woman. And that is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. Thank you so much for spending this time with me and with Laura. I hope you were as inspired by Laura's words as I was. I hope you found something in this episode that is helpful or encouraging to you. I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. The Productive Woman is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.